It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon, everybody. Jason Vandeveer here on Calvary Live. So glad you uh, decided to tune in and join us again on the program here. We're going to be taking your calls for the next hour. For those of you who haven't listened before or not familiar with this program, for the next hour, we'll be answering your questions and comments about the Bible and Christianity, prophecy, apologetics, cults, current events, or uh, if you need encouragement or prayer, you can give me a call here, 303-690-3000. That's the number for everybody to call, 303-690-3000. If you're in Colorado, Wyoming, uh, and Wyoming, and listening on Grace FM, welcome to all of you. Those listening on Hope FM in Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, uh, welcome to all of you. Again, the number is the same, 303 303- Three six nine zero three thousand, same for all, and uh, that number will get you right through and on the air with us here on the program with your question. If you prefer to text seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven, you can text in questions to us as well. And uh, if we have uh, some opportunities during the show to answer uh, those text questions, we will do that also. But uh, best to give us a call three zero three six nine zero three thousand. But uh, there is also that text option. Uh, Again, 720-336-0897 for the texting option. I'm Jason Vanderveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. Uh, Parker, Colorado, for those of you not familiar, a suburb of uh, the Denver, uh, Colorado area, and I pastor uh, Calvary Chapel in Parker. You can get more information about us, calvarychapelparker.com, calvarychapelparker.com, and uh, if you're not in the Parker, Colorado area, you can take advantage of some great resources we have available there, audio and video studies through the entire Bible there for you to stream or download at your convenience. Sometimes I'll reference those uh, during the show as a resource for you there. You can find all of those at calvarychapelparker.com. But again, 303-690-3000, phone lines uh, are uh, lighting up here. Karen in Colorado Springs, uh, let's go to her. Karen, welcome to the program. Hello. Hi, Karen. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Good. What's on your mind? Um, our senior pastor at Calvary Worship Center, um, mm-hmm. I'm learning on Facebook that he had a mini stroke, and he's in the hospital, and he's recovering. Mm-hmm. And I just want you guys to send out some major prayers for him to to recover. Definitely. And- yep. We prayed uh, actually for Pastor Al before the show uh, went on the air, but let's uh, go oh. ahead and pray, pray for let's pray for him again right now, okay? Okay. <laughs> Father, we just thank you so much uh, for Karen's call and her bringing this to the attention uh, of of the listeners, uh, some of whom probably are familiar with uh, Calvary Worship Center, Pastor Al Pittman, and some who are not, and some may even be familiar with. Um, uh, with the the health situation that Karen's brought up, we just uh, pray for Pastor Al that you would just be with him right now, that uh, that he would be comforted and strengthened. We we thank you, Lord, uh, the positive news that we've already heard, and and uh, we pray that he is uh, indeed back in fellowship 
and and ready to go this weekend. But uh, whatever your will is, Lord, we just pray uh, that you'd be with him, that you would uh, touch him, that you'd encourage him, that you'd strengthen him, that you'd heal his body, that you'd bless his family, uh, Lord, that you would bless the congregation of Calvary Worship Center, and and in fact, so many people even beyond Calvary Worship Center uh, know and love Pastor Al and 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 uh, have been deeply touched by him. And so we pray that you would comfort them and and strengthen them as well, Lord. We thank you that you are on the throne, that you are in control, that that all of these things uh, pass through your hand, and and all things are working together for our good because we love you. And so we just pray that you'd be with Pastor Al, strengthen him. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You bet you, Karen, and I do appreciate you calling and, and giving us an opportunity to uh, to pray for Pastor Al. I appreciate it. God bless you. Take care. Thank you. God bless you, too. Hey, folks, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Jared in Berthoud, Colorado. Jared, uh, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for letting me call in. The reason I'm calling is I wanted to have some clarification on the giants that are mentioned in the Bible mm-hmm. and and the the fallen angels mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff that a lot of times people are hesitant about. Mm-hmm. And and what exactly? So uh, I assume you're referring to Genesis chapter six and the Nephilim. Is that is that what you're asking about? Exactly. And and what specifically? Uh, do you have a specific question about that, or you just wanted to discuss it? What, what what's on your mind about that? Well, I mean, a lot of people always say, "Oh, well, you know, they weren't physical giants, or mm, okay. they weren't." Gotcha. Yeah. It's they were great men of renown, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I guess what is the Nephilim? I, yeah. I guess I was under the impression that the Nephilim were the the fallen angels' offspring. I don't know. There's a lot of questions I have there. Sure. Well, let's talk about this passage, um, and and that's where I thought uh, what I thought you were asking about. I just wanted to make sure. Um, in Genesis chapter six, verse two, uh, we're, we're we're talking about basically kind of the 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 wickedness of man in that passage. Um, uh, the first eight verses, anyway, prior to the flood, and 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 this event seems to be kind of the 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 final domino uh, before the the flood judgment, the 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 last straw, if you will. It says the sons of God. In Genesis 6, 2, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. So so the first question you have there is, who are the sons of God? Obviously, you have two options. Uh, there's two main options, basically. Some say that the sons of God are the descendants of Seth. The others say, uh, and they also say that the daughters of men are the descendants of Cain. And uh, and there's a lot of reasons why uh, that isn't 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 really plausible. Uh, the uh, the idea though being that there were ungodly human marriages that corrupted man. So that's what some people think of this passage. Some say the sons of God uh, are fallen angels. I happen to agree with that. Sounds like you do as well. And that the daughters of men are human women. So the idea would in that case be an unnatural union between uh, the physical and the spiritual realm. So the question is which makes the most sense. The first option obviously has problems. There's no indication all the male descendants of Seth were godly and that all the female descendants of Cain were were ungodly. And why would 
that union uh, produce giants, as you mentioned in verse 4. Uh, so I would suggest the second option has greater merit, the sons of God uh, being angels. That's an expression often uh, used for angels in the scriptures. Uh, I would just refer listeners to Job chapter 1, verse 6, Job chapter 2, uh, verse verse 1, uh, dealing with that. And also, when you get into Second Peter chapter two verses four and five, it shows that that God cast down fallen angels and and imprisoned them, and and that seems to be tied to Noah's time. If you look at Jude chapter, uh, well, there's only one chapter in Jude verses six and seven. Uh, he follows this up, speaking of the incarceration uh, and judgment of these fallen angels because of 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 sexual immor- uh, would seem sexual immorality, um, and so you know all of these things put together seem to indicate that this was. Uh, angels having improper relationships with with human beings. Some wonder how that is possible. There's a couple of ways that that is possible. Some argue Matthew 22, 30 says that angels are incapable of sexual relations. It doesn't say that. It says that they do not marry. That's something obviously entirely different. So that would kind of negate that objection. Uh, But uh, they could have either possessed human beings and done it through this process, or perhaps they did it uh, directly. So then uh, that leads us to verse 4, which you brought up, which it says that there were giants on the earth in those days, uh, and also afterward, uh, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, those were the mighty men of old, men of renown. So the union of this uh, daughters of men and demons produced what seems to be some sort of super race. Uh, As you pointed out, or as we pointed out, the word for giants is Nephilim, and it can mean giants, or it can also mean, um, in case people are wondering, it can also mean fallen ones. Uh, so when we look at this uh, passage, I would suggest that that the context, uh, not only of this passage, but the rest of Scripture indicates uh, sons of God are fallen angels having some sort of physical relationship somehow uh, with human uh, women, and that that was really the final straw in the wickedness of men, uh, and that uh, that that ultimately led to the judgment of the flood, and that that uh, union, though prior to the judgment of the flood, left to led to very uh, unusual. Uh, human beings, uh, some of them who were on the earth uh, at that particular point in time. And what's interesting about this is some would say, well, why was that something that led to the flood if it, if it was the, these fallen angels? Because very clearly it seems that, that the humans had knowledge of what they were doing. And even in, in, in practices uh, of satanic worship today and, uh, and, and, and so forth, we see uh, an attempt to, to engage uh, in some of these practices in this type of thing even today. So so it was just a, a demonstration of the height of wickedness of man at that time. Okay. Wow, okay. that's a lot of info. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, no problem. Go ahead. A friend of mine was kind of getting upset when I brought it up the other day, and I wanted to have some uh, some good stuff to bring up to him to show him what I, what I was thinking, so... Yeah, I'll look look into that a little more. You bet. If you want, uh, you can go. I I mentioned our website earlier. If you want to go and watch a video of a message, um, obviously I've just given you a few minutes of information about this. If you want to go and listen to audio or watch a video of a message that I gave uh, on that particular passage, you can go to uh, calvarychapelparker.com. And uh, you can select uh, the Messages tab and then select Genesis Series 2 and just go to the sixth chapter, and uh, you can watch that message. Okay. 
Calvary okay. Chapel Parker. Yep, CalvaryChapelParker.com, and uh, and you'll you'll find the message there under messages under the messages tab and Genesis series two in the Old Testament. Okay, messages Genesis series. Okay, and then yep, one other question. I know sure. I'm taking up some time, but real quick. So, those guys, do you think that that's how? I had another friend, and we were talking about this, and um, she's under the belief that that's how. Uh, all the mythology and stuff, that's where all the mythology came from, from, like, partly. Is that, yeah. do you think that's scriptural? Um, I, I don't know that, I, I don't know of any evidence to support that, but I would certainly be interested in, in uh, seeing some of the evidence. Of course, we've got to remember that this is, you know, uh, uh, what we call antediluvian. In other words, it's, it's, uh, it's pre-flood. And so uh, I would suggest to you that a lot of what she's talking about uh, arose after the flood. And um, I would suggest to you actually that the evidence that I've read doesn't suggest that it comes from that time, uh, but that it actually comes from the time of, of uh, Babylon, ancient, ancient uh, Babylon. Okay. Okay? Very yeah, good. And- Thanks a lot. I sure appreciate your time. You betcha, and I I appreciate your call, Jared. God bless you there. You too. Hey, folks, 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer, pastor of Calvary Chapel Parker, here with you on Calvary Live. Let's go to Alyssa in Philadelphia. Alyssa, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for calling. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, I was just calling for a special prayer intention. Um, just for me, as I continue a long and hard job search process, um, and continue working a job that's very stressful, very demanding, and it's really taken its toll on me, and I was just hoping for a little hope and some prayer. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I didn't, I didn't have a really good connection with you there. So let me repeat back what I think uh, you were saying. You're, you're in a job right now that's that's difficult, and you're also searching for a new job, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's just uh, go ahead and pray. I can certainly identify with you as prob- as probably a lot of people can. Either they're in the same place as you or they've been there uh, before. And uh, I certainly have been in many jobs uh, mm-hmm. over the years uh, that I didn't necessarily want to be in. And sometimes I was ready to go before the Lord was le- ready to let me move on. And uh, But I can say this, the Lord did a lot uh, through... Uh, Probably a lot more through the bad jobs that I've had than the good jobs that I've had, at least in terms of my heart. Uh, but let's go ahead and pray, Alyssa, and uh, I believe that God's going to work in your life, um, that God loves you, and, and and while He allows us to go through difficult times for a purpose that He loves us, and there is another side, another side uh, eventually to all of this. Father, uh, I just thank you so much for Alyssa. I thank you for her calling. I thank you that, that as she looks at her situation, that her uh, option and 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 her resources prayer uh, to reach out and 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 that says so much uh, about her heart that um, that her last resource isn't to pray but but that her first option is to turn to you in prayer and so Lord I just pray that you'd be with her right now that uh, whether this situation changes tonight or whether it changes uh, some days from now. Lord that she would regardless of her circumstances have uh, immediate peace immediate uh, encouragement from you immediate uh, restoration of her of her joy lord we know that um, that joy is not like happiness lord that it that it is constant in you and uh, as we uh, uh, 
have our minds kept in perfect peace as they're stayed on you. And so I just pray that you just give her the ability, despite all of this, to just focus on you. And, and Lord, that you would just give her that peace that passes understanding and that joy unspeakable, Lord, that you would be with her. As I said, even if even if circumstances don't change right away, and we pray that they would change as quickly as possible, Lord, that, that you would give her some relief, and uh, either in the position that she's in, uh, Lord, uh, or that you would move her on. Lord, we know that that, uh, that you desire to, to do great things not only in her life, but through her. And Lord, perhaps you are, are showing her something in all of this. I pray that she would see it. I pray that she would just experience fully what, you, what you're trying to reveal uh, to her. And Lord, that you would just uh, complete that uh, perfect work that you have begun in her uh, in the day of Christ Jesus. But in the meantime, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for her love for you. And we just pray that that would abound as your grace uh, abounds in her life. And Lord, we just pray uh, that you would direct her steps, that you would guide her. And uh, Lord, that you would just keep Alyssa and just uh, give her that peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, Alyssa. And what sort of uh, work are you looking for? Um, like in the business field, like account management. Okay. And, and, uh, you're, I assume you're in that field now and just sounds like you're looking for maybe a better environment. Yeah, definitely. Well, just, I, like I said, I've been, been there before in some really bad jobs, you know, and, and, and it's hard, it's hard getting up every day, but, uh, you know, uh, I believe that the Lord is going to do some things in your life that while it's difficult, you wouldn't trade the result of that. And and sometimes it just takes hardship and difficult circumstances for the Lord to be able to do that in our lives. So uh, I pray that that would happen quickly for you <laughs> and you'd be able to move on to a better circumstance. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks so much for calling the show. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Let's go to Amy. Here on Calvary Live, Amy in Broomfield, Colorado. Amy, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks. Hey, hello. What's on your mind? Oh, yep, can sorry. you hear me? There, we, <laughs> yes, we got, we got, yeah, we got you. Hopefully, you can hear me. What's on your mind? Yeah, um, a couple of calls ago, it um, got me thinking about a question that I had had in that same um, section where they're talking about Noah and the flood. Um, I believe. God also says that he's, because he's so basically upset with the direction humanity is going, that he'll only let people live no longer than 120 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as you go on and basically continue to read all through Genesis, you still read about people that are living a really long time. So I'm just wondering why that, why that is. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Oh, no, that was it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, no, no problem. So, yeah, you're referring to verse 3 and uh, of Genesis 6 there. He says, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. He's indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, sometimes people come to the wrong conclusion about uh, about the phrase, yet his days shall be 120 years. Um, this isn't uh, a, um, a specification of, of, of the lifespan of man. What it is is a description of the time from that point to the flood. So what he's saying is, is God is only going to allow another 120 years and then the flood would come and that's exactly what we see. So, um, yeah, so, so there are people that, that have taken it, um, the way that you mentioned it, but Noah Noah himself lived to be like 600. And so, uh, it just doesn't fit the context of the passage. But when you work out the timing, it was exactly 120 years from that point to the flood. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a little a little bit uh it's one of those things. Well, there's so many things like that in the Bible. When you look at them, there there's a, sometimes three or four different ways that that you can take them. And if you're like me, I've had I've had issues before where I've looked at things and it's just because my mind could only see it in one way for some reason. And then, you know, when I read something or something helped me understand it in a different way, then then it just made perfect sense to me. Can I ask you one more question that may be like that then? <laughs> Cer- yes, certainly. certainly. Um so um kind of that same lines where I don't know if I'm just reading it the wrong way or I don't really understand what it's trying to say, but in Job, um, when basically God and Satan are speaking, um, and he says, you know, I'm going back and forth and wandering the earth, and God Mm -hmm. says, well, have you considered my servant Job? I don't understand what he's getting at there, because it almost seems like he's just pointing him out (laughs) to have something happen. Do you have any insight on that at all? Yeah, so so you're obviously referring to Job chapter 1 and then Job chapter 2. Yeah. talks about where the um which uh, we also talked about uh, just briefly earlier also uh-huh. we didn't we didn't talk about what you were talking about but um we talked about uh um that in relationship to the to the angels and even fallen angels being referred to as the sons of god but uh, but a different aspect you you bring up here is is that where they came in verse 6 and presented themselves before the lord and we we understand that even to this day that that uh, uh that satan has to do that and and it's a, it's really what we see there is is god is is really proud of job and and he's really uh in a sense bragging on his servant job and 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 you know satan had been going to and fro in the earth and god says hey have you have you noticed have you considered have you noticed job there there's nobody like him he's a blameless he's an upright man he fears god he he shuns evil and and of course job says well you know does he fear god for nothing you've blessed him that's why he does and so thus begins the uh the uh, ultimately the testing uh of job that that god allowed and so uh, what i what i see uh very clearly described there is is god and and how proud he is of 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 his children and those that serve him and you know uh i some people have joked you know d- you know, Lord, if if you're proud of me, just don't mention my name, <laughs> and and right because they don't want to wind up in the in the same place. But but I think it's very endearing, and it speaks of the love of God for His children, and and how He was just praising uh, His servant Job in 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 that respect. And so, uh, uh, but uh, um, hopefully that helps you out a little bit with that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You betcha, and I appreciate you calling in, Amy, and. Uh, and joining us here on the program. Hopefully uh, other people that may have had similar questions have benefited as well. Yeah, thanks. You bet. God bless you. Hey, folks, you are, you are listening to Calvary Live here, Pastor Jason Vandiver, Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can get information about us, calvarychapelparker.com, and you can join me here on the program, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. That is the number to call if you want to join us. Uh, I did uh, get a message uh, that uh, Pastor Al is doing well. Pastor Ed Taylor uh, uh, had just visited uh, with uh, Pastor Al uh, in, in 
in the hospital and that he is uh, doing well. So that's good news. Of course, Karen called earlier, uh, mentioning uh, Pastor Al that uh, that he had uh, suffered uh, 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 what sounds like uh, some sort of uh, mini mini stroke, perhaps uh, today. And but uh, sounds like uh, the Lord has uh, really protected him and is blessing him, and and he's healing up and he's doing well. And so great to to hear that news uh, as a follow up uh, to to that earlier conversation and prayer request. Hey, uh, we've got all our lines uh, clear here on Calvary Live, uh, so if you want to join me, now is a perfect time to call 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number to call uh, if you want to join me here on the program, and uh, love to have you do so. Uh, as I said, I'm Pastor Jason Vanderveer pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. If you're not familiar with me, I'd like to mention that. You're welcome to go to calvarychapelparker.com, get more information about our fellowship, how you can join us if you're going to be in the Parker, Colorado area, and how you can take advantage if you're not going to be in the Parker, Colorado area of some of the resources that we have available online. Let's go to Janelle uh, in Colorado Springs. Uh, Janelle, welcome to the program. Hey, Janelle, can you hear me? I don't know if we have uh, have Janelle. Let's uh, Janelle. Can you hear me? Up. Oh, looks like we. I think we have Janelle. I think we're working on uh, working on getting Janelle uh, on the air here. Uh, we'll just give her just a second here. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. If you want to call and uh, let's. Uh, do we still have uh, Trent? Do we still have Janelle there? Okay. Doesn't looks like we're having some some problems getting Janelle hooked up. Hopefully, we'll be able to get that resolved so that we can get her on the air and answer her question. Janelle, if you can hear right now, uh, appreciate uh, you waiting patiently. Sounds like we lost Janelle. So, Janelle, if you are listening, if you don't mind uh, giving us a call back so that we can we can get you connected. Sorry about that that uh, that we lost you there. And uh, so, give us a, give us a ring back three zero three six nine zero three thousand. 303-690-3000. That is the number to call. Uh, if you want to join us uh, at Calvary Chapel Parker this weekend, we'd love to have you do so. Uh, we'll be continuing our study in the book of Genesis. We've been talking about Genesis actually uh, here this afternoon, and we'll be continuing in the 10th chapter of the book of Genesis this Sunday morning at Calvary Chapel Parker. You can get directions, calvarychapelparker.com, located in the heart of Parker, Parker Road and and Main Street uh, is roughly where we're at. We'll be talking about the descendants of Noah's uh, sons, what is referred to in chapter 10 as the Table of Nations. And we see uh, specifically, uh, well, all the nations of the earth, all the peoples of the earth descend from the sons of Noah. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that not only sociologically but uh, and geographically, uh, but we'll talk about it uh, from a genetics standpoint on Sunday morning. We'll talk about uh, more than 70 nations actually identified in that passage and who some of them are, uh, not only helping us understand where we come from and where the nations of the earth come from historically, but also there's great prophetic significance in many of those names. So you won't want to miss it this Sunday morning at Calvary Chapel Parker. Go to calvarychapelparker.com if you want to join us for that message. Let's go to Paul in Arvada. Paul, uh, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. How you doing? So, doing pretty well. I got Good. into a heated debate with someone about losing your salvation, 
Mm-hmm. And after struggling through verses, 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 I stumbled across Acts 15, where, you know, uh, Peter, Peter and James uh, lay it out that, you know, here are the rules for Gentiles. Could I use that as a counter-argument? And, and so I'm looking at, at chapter 15. Was there a specific verse? I just pulled it up right in front of me. Was there um, which, I, which I think it starts around uh, verse 5. Okay. And you're talking about oh, the Pharisees believe. And nest- okay. Uh, so, yeah, this is not a really a usual passage, but I'm just kind of scanning it right now to see if there's something in there. Obviously, this is the first church council uh, that, uh, that is dealing with the subject of cir- circumcision for Gentiles. Um, but was there a specific—I'm not seeing what uh, you're seeing in terms of the subject of eternal security or, or whatnot. Well, um the debate was centered around if you don't follow the law, and mm-hmm. I believe he was talking about the Jewish law, mm-hmm. that you would uh, lose your salvation. And yeah. in there, he ta- uh, I forget whether it's James or Peter, I think it was James, uh, said that we can't even follow the law. So why yeah. place that on Gentiles? Yeah, I, I don't think it's so much that they could lose their salvation, but we can address that. We've got to uh, we've got to go. If you can stay with me, uh, do me a favor and just just stick with me for a few minutes, um, Paul. We've got to take a break here, uh, and then sure. we can address it. Yeah, we can take it take it on the other side uh, of the break there. But uh, essentially, uh, there they were talking about whether or not they had to put the uh, responsibilities of circumcision and thus the law upon Gentile believers, whether or not they had to be become Jews to truly be saved. But uh, we can address it further from that and then the the crux of your question uh, right after the break, Paul. You're listening to Calvary Live, folks. Jason Vanderveer here with you. We're going to be taking more calls right after this. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. And welcome back, everybody. Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live. We're talking to Paul about the subject uh, of uh, eternal security versus losing your salvation, and that that great debate that uh, has gone on really for uh, for hundreds of years, uh, if not uh, 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 over a thousand years uh, now on on that particular subject. Um, Paul, I would say this about Acts 15. I, I I don't think so much Acts 15 is 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 really a, a I mean, you know, if you're having a discussion, there, there, there perhaps is a discussion that can be had, but I, I probably wouldn't say that that would be your best uh, place to turn in terms of a, a debate on losing your salvation. The, the main issue of that passage, as I mentioned, is, is the fact that, that um, certain Jews at that time were trying to suggest that in order to be saved, you had to first uh, become Jewish, and Gentiles had to first essentially become Jewish males, be circumcised, and of course, uh, the, the, the council there in Jerusalem uh, decided quite uh, the opposite and gave them merely moral things that they should do, uh, sexual immorality uh, being one of them, and uh, blood and so forth. They should stay away from blood, things strangled, which essentially is animals that haven't been bled. And blood is a moral issue, not a, a, a legal issue under the law. Blood goes back to the time of Noah in Genesis 9, when man began right. to eat meat. And so um, we could have a whole discussion about that. So I, I think 
better off you, you and you probably I'm sure went to to some of these scriptures in your discussion but are places like John chapter 10 verses 28 and 29 where where Jesus talks about those who have eternal life shall never perish and no one will be able to snatch them out of his hand and so what we see in scripture is is that it, 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 salvation true salvation has an enduring quality and the Bible tells us that he who endures uh, to the end uh, will be saved and so it's not right. so much uh, this idea uh, of of uh, Jesus also said that by the way in Matthew ten and thirteen, uh, we see it throughout Scripture that 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 genuine salvation uh, perseveres. It has this 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 enduring quality, and so um, you know people. Uh, sometimes it's a semantical argument, and it and it doesn't matter so much. I mean, if you want to know you're saved, and you and, and by one person's reckoning that you haven't lost your salvation, well, endure to the end. Um, but right. the idea in Scripture really ultimately seems to indicate those that truly have salvation, that truly belong to Jesus. He, as Jesus said, of all whom the Father has given me, I've lost none. You know, so yep, and uh, yeah, I was just looking for something, uh, you know, hard that mm-hmm. I could point to and say, this is where you know the gift of grace takes care of everything. Yeah, and and I think really the 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 issue sometimes is, and I'm not saying you're doing this, but sometimes maybe people that you're talking about, you know, they they want a verse, um, that they they can begin to demand from you a specific verse that that answers all of their objections. But the reality is, is there there are no shortcuts, and but that when you go through the sum total of Scripture, you see it over and over and over again, and the point is just driven home literally hundreds of times that uh, that just what we said that true faith endures and 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 it and it doesn't go away and it, and it's not lost but that there are a lot of make believers um, you know that that uh, maybe start out right uh, but don't finish so well and I that was I think uh, J Vernon McGee uh, put it that way there's there's believers unbelievers and make believers and uh, and and unfortunately uh, that's true yeah, and unfortunately, that's what I ran into. So, all yeah, right. Well, thank you so much. You I, bet. I appreciate the the references. You bet. And 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 I would just say this. You know, ha- have the discussion. I've even had people, you know, have that discussion with me. And and ultimately, sometimes you come to the conclusion: Look, Christians have been debating this for a long time. I'm probably not going to convince this person, <laughs> but it's worth a try. <laughs> well, uh, that's what I was attempting to do, and that's what I why I thought I'd call in. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's, you, it's, you can only plant the seeds, right? You can do it. You can pray. You can do your best, and 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 then uh, move on. Hey, God bless you, Paul. Appreciate you calling. All right, thank you. You bet. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. And uh, do we have uh, do we have Lindsay Lindsay back? Yeah. No. no. Oh, Lindsay, Lindsay is here. Okay, great. Lindsay, welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. Yep, actually not back. I was thinking you were Janelle, who we lost. But Lindsay, welcome, welcome. What's on your mind? <laughs> um, we had a quick prayer request um, for housing because we're homeless, and a question for you. Okay, well, um, let's take your question first, and then we can pray for you. Okay, thanks. Yep. Um, so, what does it look like when you're trying to honor your parents when they're abusive? Yeah, it's it's a difficult thing, and, and and you know obviously the Bible encourages us. That's the as the Scripture says, that's the first commandment with promise. It says, "Honor your father and mother, that it may be well with you, and that you may live well 
on the earth. And that's the promise that, that there is, there is a, a consequence to doing it and not doing it. But sometimes it's very difficult um, to do that, to honor parents if they're abusive or if they're not particularly honorable or, or they don't even have to necessarily be abusive, but, but they may be difficult and it, and it makes that situation uh, um, very hard on the Christian. You know, some people don't have very good relationships uh, with their parents. They may have parents who, you know, who are not believers and in their lives have lived ways uh, that are very contrary to um, to God's uh, to God's word, and so um, it, it's not something that you have to necessarily agree with their lifestyle. It's it's not something where you have to pretend that they're somebody that they're not, um, but it is something where you show respect uh, for who they are in terms of their position in their life that God used them uh, to somehow um, you know even uh, even if it was just to bring you into the world. Maybe they didn't even really have a big hand in, in, in raising you, um, but it's just showing respect for, for who they actually are, for uh, for their age and, and them being older and coming before uh, you in, in, in this world and in this life. And so it's one of those things where, you know, despite who they are and what they do, you don't necessarily broadcast it. You don't necessarily talk about it. You you, you don't make a big deal about pointing those things out. You just show them kindness uh, and love and respect, and you're praying for them, and especially if they're unbelievers, that God would work in their lives. What about if you if they're toxic and you're trying to sort of limit your mm-hmm. communication and your relationship to sort of a more surface one when you're with them? Yeah. I'm not saying anything behind their backs. I'm praying for them. I can love them, but as far as actually having a relationship with them and letting them understand near me <laughs> yeah well you have to yeah i mean just just because you're called to honor them doesn't mean that you can necessarily have a good relationship with them you know the Bible. The Bible says, "As much as is possible with you, live peaceably with all men." But it's not. Sometimes it's not that it's not possible with you. It's not possible with other people. You know, and so you you do your best to be respectful. But 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 some people, you know, you have to be careful of the amount of time that you spend with them, the kind of influence that you allow them to have in your life. You even have to be careful, as you pointed out, with some people, what kind of conversations that you have with them, and what kind of information that you're you're willing to share with them because of what they'll do with that information. And yeah. so th- that's not necessarily uh, wrong. It, you have to be wise, and I think that you can still be loving and respectful yeah. while doing that. It's just it's just unfortunate that you're not able to have the kind of relationship with them that you desire to have. Because the Bible also says, "Turn the other cheek." And I know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to figure out if it's, God doesn't expect me to put myself in abusive situations and turn the other cheek like that. You know, he wants me to love him, but I don't necessarily have to take that, right? Like, I can remove myself from the situation and protect yes. myself, right? Yes, yes. And and I think that that goes for any abusive situation. Um, you know, it's not, it, God is not saying in his word, that's not the, the context of uh, of the passage where Jesus uh, calls us to turn the other cheek. It's not, he's not saying put yourself in an abusive situation and just stay there and, 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 and take it. Um we don't really have time to get into the full context of that, but that's that's yeah. not the issue there. Um, what what uh, what you need to do is is just what we've talked about, and 
pray for them, love them, uh, respect them, show them the, them the honor that is due, their, their position and who they are. Um, but you need to be wise in certain cases, and, and not all parents are necessarily good parents. Um, and, and as an adult, you're now in a position where, where you, know, you don't have to be in harm's way, and, and you shouldn't choose to be. And, and to put you, or if you have children, your children in that situation too, sometimes that's a, an additional consideration. Thank you so much. You betcha. Let me let me pray for you uh, for that, Lindsay, and also for your housing situation. Thanks. Father, we just lift up Lindsay to you, and I just I do pray. I pray for for uh, this parent or parents. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but uh, I, I pray that, that that there would be a good relationship there, and I pray that if they don't know you, these parents, that you would save them, and that they would be able to have the kind of relationship that you desire uh, for them to have. But if this is not possible, I just pray that you give Lindsay wisdom, um, that you would just put an unusual love and 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 kindness, uh, even for sometimes the unlovable. Lord, in her heart, and that she would have wisdom as to as, as to how to do that, but also to um, to protect herself and and to guard and and, and to be able to protect uh, her heart and 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 from being hurt uh, by hurtful people. And Lord, I just pray that you would protect her, and uh, that you would give her wisdom how to navigate this situation. I also pray for uh, for her living situation that you would provide for her and that you would lead her and direct her to that place uh, where she could live. That you would uh, be the one to put that roof over her head. And 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 Lord, I just pray that you would you would be with her now and just encourage her and strengthen her lord in jesus name we pray amen thank you so much you betcha Lindsay. appreciate you calling god bless you hey let's go to aaron uh in parker aaron welcome to the program thank you how you doing i'm doing okay what's on your mind um well i kind of find get some information or just biblical counsel on the difference between disciplining children and child abuse Mm -hmm. and i was on hold like while you were just talking to Lindsay. so it's just i i have the strong sense that the lord's having me call in right now because i've never done this so um well first of all we appreciate i appreciate you calling and and so you're looking kind of you know in terms of discipline you know where is that line in in raising kids is that is that a fair estimate of what you're asking yes yeah, I, I think one of the best places uh, to go on this subject is is the book of Proverbs, um, and you can take a look after uh, after we have a chance to talk if you like in Proverbs twenty two. Um, 15 for our other listeners as well. Uh, Proverbs twenty three uh, thirteen. Um, Proverbs twenty nine fifteen. Um, what I would summarize from from those passages and and you know from from raising my own children. Um, I have four uh, adult children now, and uh, also seen many many kids grow up different ways, uh, both in the church and not in the church. Um, the the Bible basically, you know. Um, condemns raising your kids without disciplining them and and without even being firm uh, with them in fact uh, you know it just it, it it describes how a child undisciplined in Proverbs 29 um, a child left to himself brings shame to his mother and so you know it just says the rod uh, uh, and rebuke give wisdom and don't withhold correction from a child in Proverbs 23 um, and it says, you know, that if you discipline uh, physically, 
he will survive and 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 but the point is he'll also learn and it talks about foolishness being bound up in the heart of a child and the rod of correction driving it far from him i can say this some kids don't need very much of that and and some kids need quite a bit of that in other words there's a very strong uh you know will in some kids and and it takes a while to kind of break that but there is a a, a line uh, that that exists between proper discipline and between abuse um, I can tell you because I, I know it firsthand I grew up uh, in a home uh, where I had a step parent and, and my my parent wasn't around and 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 I was I uh, I was was just beaten. Uh, incessantly uh, as a child and and uh, locked away. So I went through a lot of uh, physical and psychological abuse uh, from a from a step parent for for many many years. Uh, and and it's God's grace that 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 uh, I'm relatively normal today. <laughs> but uh, I say relatively because God God is was just merciful to me. He he spared me, and you know I have no bitterness or ill will or anything like that. He just he just he did a, a a work in me, but it can be very, very destructive. Uh, and so there's, there's a line there. And, and I can tell you that, that, that the line is this, it's, it's, it's what is in the heart of the parent, um, why you're doing what you're doing, how you're going about doing it. Um, you know, I think some people are lashing out in anger and they're very, uh, physical and, and they're, they, they hurt, uh, their children and, and, and that is not, that is not right. But if, you know, you sit down and, and you realize, okay, now I've got to discipline this child and you pray and you say, Lord, give me wisdom as to what the proper discipline is for this child and, and, and help me to do it in love and help them to know ultimately somehow maybe it's down the road uh, that I love them and help this to be effective. That's a far different approach than just, you know, responding in anger and violence. And, mm-hmm. and so when the Bible is talking about, you know, phys- physical uh, punishment of a child, um, it's talking about something that is done in love for a purpose with measure. And 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 to accomplish uh, an end result, and if you don't do it, um, you're you're doing a great disservice to your child, and ultimately anybody that is going to come into contact with your child. I can always tell the children that aren't that aren't spanked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. Period. I can I can point them out to you all day long, and 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 you can also see the advantage of those. But by the way, it has a season, you know. And and we got to the place in our our children's lives where they, you know. They, you know, they were too old for that, and 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 then you you move on, and there's other forms of punishment that you you have to exact, and it's so it's commensurate uh, to the age of the child, and obviously they can be too young for that too, you know. There there's right. a window uh, of age, and and you've got to consider those things uh, as well, and and you know it, it begins with no. And uh, and and kids learning the word no, it's not you know it became popular in psychological circles not to say no anymore. You know, they, people would say, well, I wouldn't do that. You know, and silly things like yeah. that. Just no, flat out no. You're not right. doing that. Not an option for you. And then you know you move into the area uh, of spanking, and there is a time and a, a place and a window for that, and 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 it needs to be done with much prayer. And 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 then you know later on in life you move into a different form of punishment. But if you don't punish uh, your children, you're harming them. The Bible teaches us. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not so, fun. Yeah. My husband and I spank our children, and we're on the same page with that. But mm-hmm. um, my four-year-old, who is extremely strong-willed, um, yeah. gets up early, like around six in the morning, and 
um, my husband got up with him or like, um, and he wasn't going back to bed. And so mm-hmm. he hit him in the face on the lip where his mm-hmm. lips are and it caused his lip to bleed inside. Mm-hmm. And there was the size of about an eraser mark, like a pencil eraser tip on the mm-hmm. inside of his lips mm-hmm. where his teeth are. And so at this point now it's becoming a matter of like him seeing it as discipline and him not listening. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm not okay with that. And yeah. so at what point I don't, um, so they're just, um, this is a really hard situation in their home right now. And, yeah. And, and I would just say that, that hitting a child in the face, I don't think is ever appropriate, you know, uh, and, and responding, you know, in, in, in anger and, and in frustration. Like I said, it needs to be uh, um, prayed about and and then reserve it, uh, you know, your punishment uh, for, for the backside uh, and, and not an area of the body where, where you're going to do any kind of uh, harm to them physically. You know, you spank them on the bottom, you're not going to do any harm for them. It's just going to hurt. Yeah. You're, you're not going to injure them. In other words, it's just it's just going to hurt unless you're, you're just out of control. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, I've had as a kid, it, well, you know, it's just I, I've seen uh, a lot of that. And I would say, you know, don't do that. That's it's it's just wrong. If, if it's happened, repent of it. Go before the Lord, ask for forgiveness and and, and move forward. Um, that said, I, I would say, too, if you're you're you're. Uh, Hitting a child in the face—that's not—that's not spanking. That is abuse, and and you know you're going to have legal issues as well. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of time. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the 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 government is going to see it the same way, and 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 you're going to have a visit before long. Um, yeah. You know, when when a, a a attentive teacher notices that and, and points that out. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, this is the first time, but I want it to be the last time. And I yep. Um, and so as a spouse now, what um, I'm not really seeing a repentant heart in this. He is very adamant that this is discipline and that mm-hmm. our son needed to listen. And so now at what point I've asked, so this yeah. is where I'm at right now. I've asked for a separation until he can get some anger management. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's now, there's a lot of control in our marriage. Like there's been a history of manipulation and control. Um, yeah. and some abuse to me as well. Yeah. So I'm not sure what to do. Well, I mean, I kind like... of know what to do, but then on the other hand, I have my parents who are in the... Uh, anyway, I have people, my mom, telling me that this is a sin to separate my family right now. And Yeah, well, um, here, here's what I would say. Uh, separation is called for if if there is, uh, not divorce, but but uh, in, in, in 1 Corinthians 7, we seem to see this... Um, for for a reason for for safety, uh, it, well, it can be utilized for safety, and that's typically when I recommend it when there's a woman who fears for her safety or uh, fears for the safety of her children. And so, uh, you know, while things are being worked out, that is not a a, a sin. But make sure that, that that number one, you're plugged into a a, a church, and I see mm-hmm. that you're in our in our area. So if you're not plugged into a church, I encourage you to come and um, and and get with us and and get plugged in at Calvary Chapel. Parker, um, and then I encourage your husband if you're already plugged into another church um, that you both sit down with a pastor and that you address all of these larger issues, but that you also address this specific, uh, specific issue and and allow a, a pastor to share with him as a as a uh, 
independent third party to perhaps help him see what what you've been trying to share with him. Okay. Okay. okay? And and that's and and that's the best approach. But if you have fear for your safety, if you you think it's going to you know happen again, then then by all means, I I think a, a temporary separation is a reasonable approach. Okay. 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 Can I pray for you? Yes, please. Father, I just lift up Aaron and her husband. Lord, I just pray for their marriage. I, I pray for her husband. I just pray that you'd work in his life and, and just draw him close to you and just help him to see these things. And I just pray that you'd, you'd give him victory and you, you'd deliver him, you'd take him forward and, and, and that you would just heal this, the, this marriage, that you'd heal this home, this relationship. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would work in their lives. And we know ultimately you're the one. You're the one who, who 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 can heal all of this, and so we just pray for them. We pray for their family. We we pray for their children, uh, and we just pray that you would just work and that you would bring peace. Uh, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Really hey, you. Here. And you know what? I appreciate you calling. Uh, it's it's not an easy thing to do. Thank you for calling. Right. Thank God you. bless you. You betcha. Hey, let's go to folks. Let's go to Caesar uh, in Denver. Caesar, welcome to the program. Hi. How you doing? Thanks for waiting. What's on your mind? I have a question. In, in John, I believe it's John ten thirty four. Mm-hmm. He goes. He says, uh, "Doesn't it say in your law?" When he yeah. says your, yeah. So yeah, John John ten thirty four, where where Jesus uh, answers them. He says, uh, "Is it not? Uh, let me find the verse here. Is it not written in your law? I said, uh, you are gods." And so a lot of people, I, I assume you have a question. Well, I don't want to assume. What what exactly is is your question about what Jesus says there? When he says it like that, like your law, because to me. I see a law, you know, when Paul says there's a law inside of me that's fighting the other law, mm-hmm. you know, and when he says your law, like the mm-hmm. law that we translate, not the law that God's law, because God's law is points to him, and yeah. his law is love, but there's a lo- another law itself mm-hmm. that, you know, so I was thinking the law that he's talking about is the law that he, they're writing this. This law, that's not the true uh, definition of God's law. Like, um, when he, when he, um, let's say when he sends people outside the camp, and he says, when you're unclean, you want to send them outside the camp. When Jesus came, he went yeah. to them, right? Outside the camp, he went to them. Yeah, and let me, Caesar, when, like, Caesar let Lazarus, me just go ahead. When Lazarus came. Caesar, so so our time is short. So let me just go ahead and answer this. Yeah. Uh, f- answer this for you. So in John ten four thirty four. Um, so which law is Jesus referring to? It, it's pretty easy. He quotes from the Old Testament. He quotes specifically from the eighty second Psalm, the sixth verse. Uh, he says, "So is it not written in your law?" He, he's not not saying that it's it's not the law of God. It's the law of God that had been given to them. Psalm eighty two six. I say you are gods. By the way, what he meant there was is that the judges uh, were called gods because they represented. God, not because they were divine in any way. So uh, the law that he's he's referring to is 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 the Mosaic law, is the law that God uh, had had given to Moses. And uh, of course, Jesus came to both fulfill the law, uh, but also to establish the new covenant. And in yeah. the old, the old became obsolete, and so the new took its place. So uh, I hope that that uh, answers the question for you, Caesar. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. You bet you. God bless you, my friend. Take care. Thank you. You bet.
Hey folks, you're listening to Calvary Live with Jason Vanderbilt. Let's go to Adam in Fort Collins. Adam, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. What's on your mind? Um, I was just curious as to whether or not you were aware, or I guess your listeners, of um, what's going to be happening in the sky on September 23rd in relation to Revelations 12, like verse 1. Yeah, I assume you're referring to the constellations and Virgo and so forth. Uh, yeah, I and, just wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I, I disagree with that 100%. Uh, the reason is, is because in Revelation 12, we're, that's during the Great Tribulation period. Um, and, uh, well, there's many reasons I disagree with that. The first is the timing of it is incorrect. We're, we're not in the Great Tribulation period right now, nor are we three and a half years in, which is when that takes place. Um, also, Revelation 12, we're, we're getting into uh, the sign uh, in the heavens. Second of all, that's uh, astrological, astrology, which is, is not biblical. Um, the, the, the third thing, astronomy is biblical, astrology is not. Um, the, the, the third thing is, is that in Revelation 12, he, he's talking about a great sign in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and, uh, and, and the 12 stars. Uh, we know that, that the woman there is a clear reference, uh, not to the virgin, but to the nation of Israel. And if you go back into the Old Testament, particularly in the book of Genesis, um, readers would understand exactly that that's a, uh, a reference to, uh, uh, to the 12 sons uh, of Israel and to, uh, to uh, Rachel there. So, um, uh, but uh, okay. yeah, I, I, I know there's a lot of videos on YouTube about it, but I just, I disagree with them 100%. Perfect. Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask you and see what a, a pastor had to say about it. So thank you for that information. Yeah, you bet. Um, it's it's become quite popular. I th- I think uh, I've I've had a couple people here and there uh, ask me about that, and so uh, I'm glad you did again because there's probably other people listening that are interested too. For sure. Thank you. Hey, you bet. I appreciate you calling in, uh, Adam. God bless you. Hey, folks, uh, been great uh, being with you guys on the program today. We have a, a couple of uh, minutes left. Uh, we got Janelle's question. I don't know that we, we got Janelle back, but I think Janelle's question was uh, about not making um, graven images and, and how that uh, applies for today, obviously, uh, from the law and, and uh, um, of course, the nation of Israel, uh, when they later on we see they that they did uh, put more kind of pictures and icons and things like that in in their synagogues but early on they were very strict uh, about this and they un- understood very clearly um, not to have any graven images any images of God or or certainly any idol not any idols uh, and so that was a prohibition under the law um, I think that that we need to to be very careful uh, with uh, certain images uh, I had somebody that just moved in next door to me they've got like 10 Buddha statues uh, around their house obviously you know, I I I don't find that a, a, appropriate. Uh, but they're they're not believers. But as believers, we've got to be careful uh, of those things in our lives. And uh, I think that one way, you know, uh, you've got to be careful of things uh, like uh, crucifixes and other things uh, that become images uh, that that you're worshiping. And so uh, we need to be very careful of these things uh, as believers. We need to keep our eyes focused on the living Jesus Christ and not on some sort of religious image. That's all we have time for today. Great questions and calls from you guys. Calvary Live will be back tomorrow. This is Jason Vandiver. Join me this weekend at Calvary Chapel, uh, calvarychapelparker.com. God bless you guys. Take care. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.